Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. I'm Carly Ann, I'm a somatic practitioner with a focus on attachment and self-esteem. Driven by my own journey of doing the inner work on healing the past and becoming more secure, this podcast is where you will find top healing tips, other people's lessons in love, and a community of people just like you and just like me that are determined to break the cycle of insecure attachment. I truly believe that everyone deserves a healthy love in their lifetime. Hello and welcome to Lessons in Attachment. Today I want to talk to you about the aftermath of abandonment and attachment trauma in adults. What are some of the consequences for us as we step into adulthood, we're living our lives, what is the aftermath of abandonment and attachment wounds and that's what we're going to be looking at today. It as always is an honour to be here with you. Um, I've been trying so hard recently to kind of be, um, yeah I guess like back active, especially on my Instagram and stories, like I'm always posting but I'm really trying to be I guess like more interactive with you guys um, because that's just something that I used to love so much and I really feel like since I have been back doing um, this final year of psychotherapy and running the business and you know also living life and things like that it's so easy um, yeah just to get out of the habit of those things so I think even just taking a moment here on the podcast as well just to check in with you guys um, you know give you any updates of what's going on um, and just have that, yeah, that bit more kind of behind the scenes, if you like, that bit more of chit chat with each other. Some of you are going to love that. Some of you are going to be like, Carly, just get on with it. It's not what I'm here for. Um, so I'll keep it brief each time. Um, but I guess at the moment, we're in December, of course, depending on when you're listening to this. And I am, yeah, a couple of weeks before finishing work, finishing uni for this year. It's gone so quickly. And I'm flying off to Brazil on Christmas Day. So I am not counting down the days. I don't like to wish my life away, but I am very much looking forward to it. And what I'm going to be talking, actually, I'm going to get some podcasts recorded in advance for you guys so that, yeah, when I'm in Brazil, I can sit back and relax, but also be right here with you. That's something that's really important to me. So if you're new here, hello and welcome. And if you're returning, then welcome back. Now, if you do follow my Instagram, I've actually got a couple of accounts. Um, my personal one is carly.an underscore. And I have one for the attachment recovery gym as well, which you'll see in the bio of um, the Carly Ann account, just because I like to, yeah, like to keep them separate, like to be able to talk to the members. But if you do follow either of those accounts, then you may well know by now that I have been chatting about something I'm really, really excited about which is that I'm doing things a little bit different inside the Attachment Recovery Gym, the online membership. So next year, all of 2024, it's actually going to be like a month. Each month is going to be a module. 
And we're going to be looking at the fallout of attachment wounds. So as adults, those of us who have attachment wounds showing up, impacting our ability to regulate our emotions, impacting our self-worth, impacting our relationships, I'm really going to sort of deep dive into the different consequences of experiencing attachment trauma in our lives. So it's going to be 12 modules, 12 months, one year, 2024. And today what I wanted to do, because this has been on my mind, it's kind of sparked, I guess, a little bit of curiosity and just what I thought would be a really good topic. One, for those of you that are thinking about joining the gym, but also if you're not joining the gym, the attachment recovery gym, also if you're not, um, just to share like the different issues, the different difficulties we experience when we have had those ruptures in earlier relationships. It might be really obvious ruptures, really obvious relational trauma. It might be more subtle experiences that you've had. Some of you may not even be able to remember exactly, but you can see insecure attachment showing up as an adult. And because it can impact us in such various ways, I wanted to come into this space and share some of those ways it can impact us. Because I know that one of the difficulties we can have is, where do I start? I've got all of these different things going on. Do I read this book? Do I join that course? Do I learn about this? Do I change that? And that itself, right? Probably just even me saying that, it's like, yeah, it is overwhelming. And I really remember the beginning of my journey feeling like, where exactly do I start? And I'm always thinking that. I'm always thinking about where was I and what did I need? If I could go back and present to my younger self, the attachment recovery gym, what is it I would have needed? And there was definitely a time where I was exploring and looking at the different difficulties I had and also trying to figure out how do I change that? What's the research on this? What does psychology say about this? I'm very much about that evidence base. What does the evidence say that helps us to create change? And so I, yeah, I'm looking at 12 areas and I'm going to talk through, I'm going to do this in two parts. So I'm going to talk through six areas today that we are impacted it feels like a good idea to really begin with talking about attachment trauma. You know, it typically stems from early experiences, ruptures of being let down, abandonment, like significant disruptions in relationships, perhaps with your caregiver, with someone that we actually needed to trust, needed to rely on, but for whatever reason, it didn't play out that way. And it often comes with you into adulthood. And this is the key thing for you and I. It followed us into our dating. It may have even followed you into your friendships. It followed us into our relationships. It can really, attachment trauma can really make it hard to see your own worth, to be able to self-soothe, to recognize healthy love. And these are all things that we need if we're serious about experiencing a healthy love in our lifetimes and not being able to recognize our worth and not being able to self-soothe this leads to difficulties in forming and and sustaining close relationships 
So when it comes to addressing attachment trauma that we're holding on to, it often involves exploring our past experiences. It often involves looking at the main difficulty that we're having and becoming aware of it. And then with compassion and, you know, evidence-based therapeutic interventions, using that to build healthier, more secure attachments over time. And now I sat down when I was really thinking about, okay, what do I want to cover in the attachment recovery gym? What are the key kind of fallouts in my experience? But also I actually looked through questionnaires of people inside the membership of one-to-one clients of people that have done my past courses. And I kind of narrowed it down to 12 areas that seem to reoccur. 12 difficulties that we can have in even at one time sometimes and and I think that can be really difficult as well but today I'm going to share six of them and, and I guess the idea is really as well for you to think about like yeah am I am I falling into these patterns and what I hope it can do is kind of hearing them separated it might give you a sense of ah okay that's a specific area that is showing up for me right now. That's a specific area that I can see is related to my current triggers or my current pain. And actually, if I pinpoint and look at that area, perhaps I can overcome it. And, you know, if we work on one of these areas that I'm going to talk about, it has a ripple effect into the others. I haven't really done this in like a specific order. Some of it is just based on what people were asking for the most inside the membership. So let's have a think about the different ways that attachment trauma can impact us as adults. The first module that I'll be looking at next year and the first one that I'm sharing with you today is obsessional thinking and fantasizing. This is the daydreaming. This is our imagination when it goes wild. It can really feel like it's obsessional to the point where We feel like we actually can't stop thinking about someone or a situation. Now, we may be ruminating on that. We may be stuck on the what ifs and the whys. We also may be creating fantasies in our mind, imagining our ex coming back, imagining conversations, imagining how things could have gone, imagining Um, yeah our fantasy relationships and of course what this means is that we're living more in our mind than in reality sometimes that can stop us from surrendering stop us from being able to accept our experience and for so many of us it actually stops us from having real relationships from engaging in something that actually could be real because we are living more in our mind. And there are reasons we do this. There are self-protective reasons that we may find it easier to daydream than go out there and have a real relationship. Our past experiences can, you know, almost um, create this idea that we are safer. We're safer in our mind thinking and fantasizing is a form of avoidance when we're thinking in our minds and we're fantasizing and it's taken over we get to avoid perhaps what we're really feeling we get to avoid our heartbreak we get to avoid something that's probably for us to look at individually 
next, which will be the second module. So will be so obsessional thinking and fantasizing. We will be looking at in January. The next one is abandonment wounds. Another fallout is lingering, ongoing abandonment wounds that get triggered and activated through our relationships. The way that we see the world, the experiences that we have, if we perceive a setback, if we do experience some rejection, if there is abandonment wounds, it will feel more intense to the point where we can absolutely shatter to the point where it can link into the obsessional thinking and we feel like we need that person. Whilst none of us like to be rejected, none of us like to be left, if there are lingering, unhealed abandonment wounds, it can affect us even more. It can affect how we behave, how we function. It can lead to low mood. It can lead to intense anxieties. And if we left, leave them untouched and we ignore them, this just goes on showing up in our relationships. We will take things personally. We will be on the lookout for being left over and over again. It's such a shame because our abandonment wounds can really kind of um, distort how we see situations, situations that could be good for us, situations that could be balanced, that could be neutral. But our abandonment wounds can really shift how we are looking at the world and how we're looking at ourselves. So this is a huge, you know, leftover impact of our attachment trauma. Another consequence, and again, we'll be looking at this one in March, is low self-esteem. If there is something that we know when it comes to um, complex and attachment issues and traumas, we know that it can affect how we see ourselves. It can affect our value on ourselves, our self-worth, and most importantly, you know, how we think about ourselves in comparison to other people, how we put other people on a pedestal, but also where we seek our value from, where we get our self-worth from. Do we get it from texting someone? Do we get it from needing to achieve something? Do we get it from outside of us? And usually when there is insecure attachment, that self-worth and self-value, it comes from outside of us. We seek that feedback on Am I a good person or not from what is going on outside of us, from what other people think of us? And I'm sure, you, you know, even if you just listen to me saying that and if you relate, you probably see already how that shows up in your day to day life, the way your mood can shift so easily dependent on someone else, how we play small how we make our decisions, how we beat ourselves up and talk to ourselves is usually based on what is going on with someone else or something else. The next difficulty, the next consequence is codependency. So this will be a module on its own as well. Codependency is this relationship pattern that so many people experience in my world. Um, you know, who I work with, who follow me on Instagram, who listen to this podcast, this excessive psychological or emotional reliance on someone else, being merged with someone else's feelings, their well-being, 
thinking about what they're thinking, thinking about what they're feeling. When you're codependent, you may really have, and similar to what I was just saying with self-esteem, and this is the great thing, the interconnection between these really means that we can we can make change, you know, because we change one area and it influences other areas. But with codependency, it can be that intense need for approval and validation from the person that you're attracted to. And with that, we have this really unhealthy reliance on because it's usually really, really excessive and an intense need for them on their relationship in order for you to feel good enough, in order for you to feel like you can like yourself, to love yourself, for you to be able to get up and face the day. It will depend on this other person their happiness, their well-being, what they're coming across as, what you're noticing about them. And you'll often worry more about them than you even do yourself. One of the biggest, I guess, like downfalls of this is it really leads to making excuses and enabling behaviours, enabling unhealthy behaviours that codependency can almost feel like an addiction. So you might struggle with setting boundaries. There's a fear of rejection prioritizing their new needs over your own to like quite an extreme degree usually I see this showing up in romantic relationships and inside the attachment recovery gym I do mainly aim it towards romantic partnerships but usually you know you will be able to link that as well to family friendships if you see it there but you know overcoming codependency to be able to set healthy boundaries for yourself, to be able to develop a stronger sense of self-esteem, agency, self-love, that's going to be really, really beneficial for you so that you can separate from this other person, separate from the people that you're attracted to, still together, but not so merged, enmeshed. And so this is just a reminder that, Each of these difficulties that I'm describing inside the attachment recovery gym, each one will be its own module next year. I'm going to be doing an offer throughout until January. And towards the end, I will share with you what's involved as well and what's included. But for now, let's look at the next difficulty. So this is what we will be looking at in May of 2024. And this is one that I know many of you probably just want me to do a whole course on itself, the anxious avoidant trap. This is a very particular attachment dynamic that many of you are familiar with, and certainly I have been. This is when individuals with an anxious attachment primarily come together with those with primarily an avoidant attachment. So on the one hand, you have the anxious attachment style characterized by that need for closeness, reassurance, the fear of abandonment. Anxiously attached people really tend to worry about the availability of the person that they are attracted to and thinking of. And they really often need that contact uh, contact and seeking validation and feedback of, like I said before, am I a good person or not? On the other side, the avoidant attachment style tends to be more marked by independence, actually quite a discomfort for like close emotional intimacy. 
not that they don't want it ever, but it can be quite triggering and a tendency to kind of create this distance in relationships. So people that are avoidantly attached primarily, they actually can feel quite suffocated. They can feel overwhelmed by too much closeness. And so they might tend to actually pull away. And when you come together with someone with that opposing attachment style, basically what happens is you fall into this cycle, right? So um, let's say the anxiously attached person is pursuing that closeness, that reassurance, the avoidant person can feel quite triggered and their instinct is kind of to create space and distance. That in turn is triggering for the anxious person's fear of abandonment. And it kind of just leads to this cycle of push and pull, push and pull. Maybe eventually the anxious person is going to pull back, creating space for the avoidant to feel safe and they're going to come back in again. And then the same thing kind of goes round and round. Breaking free from this cycle is key. If you want a healthy, happy relationship, the anxious, avoidant, and usually the avoidant one has more control. Often I'm working with an anxious person in this situation, and it's almost like this constant um, sometimes we might have a session where it's like, yeah, I'm strong, I can do this. And then if the person has pulled away even more or there's been a triggering situation, they've kind of shattered again and needing to recenter. Really, in order to do this work, you want to be out of this cycle. Both people need to recognize and understand their attachment style to be able to communicate openly for you to not be attracted to this for you to really work with your nervous system and healing your inner world so that this isn't something that you feel is okay this isn't something that you go to bed at night allowing to happen in your day-to-day -day life it's not to say that you know relationships are doomed it really will depend if you're already in relationship with someone and this is a dynamic that's playing out and the two of you are willing to change that. Or if you're in this dating scenario that I see time and time again and you're in pain constantly and you actually know that this is no good for you. So the final difficulty that I'm going to share with you today, and like I say, I'll be back in the next week with the next six. The final one today that I've chosen that I want to talk about and share more around is separation anxiety. This is one very, very close to my heart. I've seen all of these 12 difficulties show up in myself with my own attachment trauma. Separation anxiety is one that I feel down to my bones. Now, of course, I'm talking about this in terms of us as adults. And so I'm referring to that like emotional distress or you know, intense anxiety. And I'm talking really intense where you might really feel like you're going out of your window of tolerance. That anxiety that arises when you're faced with either the possibility of being separated from a person that you're interested in, or you have been separated. It might just be for a night. It might be very much in your mind because actually, let's say your partner has gone out with a friend but you've got yourself, not got yourself, but you're in a state. And this is when we can do things, we can say things, we can react from that child state. And this is often when we might feel a lot of regret later. Another common example might be that the person you're interested in tells you that they are going away. You know, you're not going to see them for a while. You're not sure when the next date is. And that kind of separation anxiety 
it can really impact how you feel physically, emotionally, how you function. This can really, really stop people from being able to even focus on their work. This is when you start checking your phone. Again, it can be across relationships. Adults that experience separation anxiety, it might be very, very distressing. I think that's really key that I want to give like get that across and like I was saying this kind of distress can lead to such a range of behaviors it might even be like a reluctance to leave the person that is your attachment figure right now you might find that being alone feels near impossible yet you don't want to be around anyone else just like an excessive worry about the well-being of the other person about what they're up to for me addressing this has been yes understanding the causes and developing coping strategies in those moments really really being able to center myself and become present and the somatic work has been crucial here so I will absolutely be laying that out all of it all of the ones I've spoken about, I'll be really laying it out. What does the evidence say? What do we need to know? What helps us with this area? And I'm doing it across a year because this takes time. It takes patience. So I really ask you, where do you want to be a year from now? Some of you, a fraction of you will come and join me over inside the attachment recovery gym and to cover these areas, plus the ones I'm going to talk about in the next episode. And those of you that are not and you're here to listen and to learn, I hope that hearing these, you can still recognize this is not who you are. We can change these cycles. Have a think about, you can join me in the order that I'm working through them or you can go for the one that feels most suited to you right now. But either way, meet yourself with understanding, meet yourself with compassion. Of the six that I've shared today, which one of these feels like it relates to you the most? Which one do you feel most called to? If any of them have spoken to you, feel free to drop into my Instagram, carly.an underscore the DMs, and just share with me your key takeaways are so useful for me to know perhaps I can expand on one of them and do like a whole episode that would be great too sending you so much support on your journey if you're in the membership make sure that you check out our breath work check out our classes this month it's all about coming home to yourself and really really looking after yourself at this time of year because I know it's a time we can fall into comparison we can be triggered by the past and we can experience lots of memories and difficulties around this time of year so I will be back here soon with the next six ways that attachment trauma can impact us as adults as promised I just want to share with you what will be included for each module inside the attachment recovery gym where I'm going to be presenting the 12 modules targeting the aftermath of abandonment and attachment wounds in adults so you will get access to a library of attachment support that's already there you'll get a monthly masterclass based on that module daily diary that will be updated each month that's something you know with journal prompts suited to each module each topic you'll get a monthly somatic class a monthly romance reading access to community guest experts i will also be giving a cognitive and mindset exercise as well based on that module 
And plus, when you sign up, you get access to short courses, resources, and so many healing meditations.